Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. In five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Edwards. And alongside me today, folks, we have the founder and CEO of Bookshop.org. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Andy Hunter. Andy, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So Andy, we've already covered this. It's okay. We know you love books. I want to know, like, why did you grow up just reading all the time? Is it Was there a certain book that inspired you to start this business? Tell me a little bit more about the origin story of, of Bookshop. Yeah, well, I did grow up reading all the time. As a kid, I would read books when I crossed the street, um, much to the chagrin of my parents, who would tell me to look up you know, and look both ways. Um, I would obsessively visit bookstores and local libraries. I would visit libraries after school. When we had the Scholastic Book Fair, I would read like every single book in that catalog. Um, and in addition to that, I would read like every cereal box, every shampoo bottle, everything. Um, I was an obsessive reader and books changed my life in so many positive ways. Um, I wanted to write books. I wanted to own a bookstore when I was a kid and all that. And so, you know, luckily I did manage to make my career around books and publishing and, and great writing. So I'm very grateful for that. And another question for you, do you read business books? Like, do you find value in business books? And if so, what, what books have been influential for you? 
I mean, I, I enjoy reading certain business books. I haven't read a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you'd call it a business book, but I, you know, I loved winner take all, mm-hmm. um, which is more about the imbalances in current economy. Um, I read a great book on negotiation once, um, but I think it's just called ne- negotiating for profit, I think, but um, it was by a professor at Warden. Um, it had the key insight that I've never forgotten, which is that people assume that you are like them, um, which really changed the way that I interact with certain people, because some people are very competitive. And if they're interacting with you, they're going to think that you're competitive too. Hmm. And they're going to treat it like you're trying to win. And they're also trying to win. Some people are collaborative. And they look at things as like, how do we both get to the good place that we're trying to get to? Um, that I, I'll try to find the name of that book because that book really did change um, the way I approached business in a very positive way. Um, because when you are collaborative, which I am, I'm a collaborative person, I'm always trying to get to the best possible place for everyone right? For me, success means that you end up better off and I end up better off. And that's what bookshop's all about too. But sometimes if you're, if you're dealing with a competitive person, you're collaborative, they might think that you're trying to trick them. Mm. Like you're trying to actually be the winner and that they might end up being the loser if they agree to what you're trying to do. So you've got to understand the mindset of the people that you're working with. Um, so that was one business book that that I thought was incredible and did change the way I think about things. I'm sorry I didn't come with the title prepared. Um, and then I read some biographies of business people, um, you know, like Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and things like that. It is sometimes, you know, entertaining to read the stories of entrepreneurs who have managed to get through and, and build a successful company. Well, thanks for sharing. That's really interesting. And I want to go into this a little bit more collaboration as opposed to competition. I mean, in, in your experience, Andy, so far, it, would you categorize that as maybe the purpose of your business to increase collaboration? What do you think the purpose of a company should be? Yeah, I absolutely think that the purpose of a company should be to benefit all key stakeholders, like whatever their mission is. Um, I think a company that becomes predatory and um, wins at the expense of others is not going to be um, really fulfilling the kind of human mission that that I look for in companies that I admire. I think that there's all these different stakeholders in a the business. There's the employees the business should be making sure to do right by the employees and keep their employees interests at heart, right? Then there's the interests of the investors and the owners, and then there's the invest the business partners and everybody that um, you work with, all your vendors and all your customers. I think that the purpose-driven companies think about all of the needs and interests of all those parties and figure out how to thread the needle so that everybody ends off ends up better than they were before. And Bookshop definitely is is like that. I mean, we care about 
the bookstores because we're trying to support independent local bookstores in an age of e-commerce and giants like Amazon that are frankly eating their lunch and threatening their very existence. So we want those stores to succeed, right? But we also care about the authors because authors need those stores to kind of tell their stories, build up fan bases. And we care about the publishers because we want publishers to be able to thrive and have a diverse publishing environment that tells great stories and brings, empowers great storytellers. We care about the readers. We want them to be able to find the books that are going to inspire them and be meaningful to them. Um, we care about everybody. And, and I think that's really what differentiates us from um, a company like Amazon. Amazon, um, and frankly, you know, we, we are openly in opposition to Amazon. So we like, unlike many companies that feel like they have to not say anything too bad about Amazon because they rely on them, like we exist because we felt like Amazon threatened the whole ecosystem around publishing and books because they were becoming so dominant. And so for us, you know, for Amazon, every year they put more of a squeeze on publishers. Every year they put more of a squeeze on authors. They demand people pay to play to get promoted on Amazon. They make publishers give up a little bit more profit or a little bit more dollars every single year when they renegotiate. They return more books. They just do Every single year, they make it a little more difficult to do business with them. And every single year, they're extracting more profit from that ecosystem. And, and the difficulty there is that they're diminishing all of their partners. And they're not really even serving readers. They, you know, A reader might think that they're serving them by making books a little bit cheaper. But ultimately, they're reinforcing this book reading environment where Books that are read are the ones that are most popular, and then by virtue of being most popular, recommended more, and then they're read more, and the entire, all the air in the room is sucked up by these bestsellers that are bestsellers because they're bestsellers, which means that the that the conversation around books is much narrower, and it becomes like a hit-based business, and um and that's not good for the ecosystem because the ecosystem is really an ecosystem of stories and ideas that is extremely important to human culture and you don't you want books to be successful and to find their niches and find their readers based on real the real value of those books not based on who has the biggest marketing budget or who ran the best um or the, who's, who's paid the most money on Amazon marketing services, et cetera. So there's, there's all these different reasons why I think Amazon is, is corrosive and they are a perfect example of a competitive and very, very good at being competitive. But um, Bookshop is the op opposite of that. We're all about like, how do we sustain everybody and create a better future where everybody participates, readers, communities, bookstores, publishers, authors, and everybody benefits and everybody grows, um, not at the expense of anybody else. Well, thanks for sharing that. And clearly it's, it's an issue, right? Like I can't imagine a world where there's no local bookshop or library for that matter. Now I'm a library member, Andy. I go to the library. It's like my safe haven. 
hey, where's Kevin? It's the weekend. Oh, he's at the library. Kid you not, that's where I am. And and the value of that is whether it's a bookshop or a library, you know, there's so much, so many resources at your disposal, no matter who you are. And you can't really get that online, those previews, the community, the safe space, the quiet space. And so what you're really doing is is trying to make sure that those organizations, those entities that are really uh, keystones to the community can stay intact. And you've wrapped a business model around that that provides a lot of proceeds um, to these organizations, these entities where those books are purchased by connecting the end consumer with, let's say, a local uh, Warwick's here in, in, in uh, San Diego. Um, so help me understand more about how you innovate and adapt as a collaborative business as opposed to a competitive business. Are you focused on the end customer being me as someone who's online um, going B2C or are you focused on really all of your key stakeholders? Like help me take me into your mind about how you think about innovation and how to improve. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely think about the perspectives of all of the stakeholders. Um, you know, the customer is probably the most important because without the customers, the business doesn't exist. And without people buying the books, we have no way to support the stores economically, right? So, so the customer and how the customer feels is the most important element because Amazon prices books in a very, some would say predatory way. They are use books as a loss leader. So if they sell, if a new release comes out and it's a bestseller and it's $26 and they're selling it for $13, they're probably paying that publisher $13, right? So they're taking a loss on every single book that they that they sell, but they're doing that because it allows them to capture so many customers and gain market share to the point that they're probably around 60% of all books sold in the US now. Hmm. Um, and it's at the, what that does is that of course erodes the customer base for, for local businesses and for the local bookstores, but the local bookstores are providing so much service to those communities. Those local bookstores are bringing authors into those communities. They're working with schools. They're working with local businesses. They're also enhancing the value of those downtowns. Towns with a bookstore in their communities are actually like more economically vibrant overall and become more of their downtowns become more of a destination for people. Um, so, and they're advocating for the importance of books and literacy in those cultures. And, you know, every single bookstore is really an educator and an advocate for the importance of books. And so Amazon doesn't really do any of that stuff, right? So they're sucking the dollars out of this economy that actually provides great social value. And so Bookshop is trying to reinforce those stores and reinforce them because we, we value that social value. We think that the social value they provide is, is essential. And we think that if, they, if Amazon completely wins, and goes from 60% of all books sold to 80 or 85% and all the bookstores have to go to business. Um, I don't think that that'll result in a society that is all discussing books and all the value the books bring to a society, um, that that will be robust and vital. I think that what'll happen is that books, part of our culture will gradually diminish because you won't have 
those strongholds in communities. And libraries are the same. Those are also strongholds and they're also advocates and they're also threatened, but they're not quite as threatened by Amazon, but they're threatened in other ways. And the literacy in general is like, there's a certain amount of literacy that just comes from being online because it's text. And so people are, in some ways, people are reading more than ever. They're reading social media posts. Uh, they're reading on Twitter. They're reading on LinkedIn. Um, but but a lot of that reading is very superficial. It's skimming. It's very short. It's three minutes max um, to get the message across. Mm -hmm. And books are bringing people a level of complexity and meditative thought and true knowledge and wisdom and complications and nuance that that the kind of reading that happens online just doesn't give somebody. And that so that's why books are like so important and we can't really afford to lose them. We need them as a counterweight um, and as educational opportunity and as a way to expand people's minds and grapple with complex issues and also educate people um, into fields that require a depth, a deep depth of knowledge, whether that's, you know, engineering or entrepreneurship or social sciences. So Andy, I see on the website, 75% of the proceeds go back to local bookstore owners. Is that accurate? Or is this, help me understand the, the model here, 75%? 75% of the um, net profit or the profit margin, right? So after we pay the publishers, and pay for postage and all that. Um, what's left over, 75% goes to bookstores and 25% goes to supporting um, Bookshop because Bookshop is a mission-based organization. We're not quite a nonprofit, but we're a benefit corporation, um, which means that we put our mission above profits. Um, and we're also a registered B Corp and we're awarded a best for the world B Corp status, which means that we're in the top 5% of B Corps in terms of our social mission and all that. So what it, what it really means is that like, when a bookstore sells a book online through Bookshop, they get to keep the entire net profit of that sale. When we sell a book through an affiliate, we take 10%. When we sell a book direct, we take 20%. And that's just enough to pay for our platform and our continued development. But really, we exist as a kind of like a social, an, an e-commerce safety net for all these local businesses that individually could never compete with Amazon. But through the power of the sum of their parts, we are able to allow them to compete with Amazon because there's one URL that people can remember. There's one affiliate link that places like Time Magazine and BuzzFeed can use to let people buy a book and support indies. We're able to rank in the top five as for of google for most book results all of that stuff so no individual bookstore could do any of those things but by creating a marketplace that is a combination of 1700 bookstores we're able to achieve that kind of critical mass where we can actually compete with amazon and we can actually give a customer experience that's competitive with amazon's too collaboration right i love that and, and help me understand like I would assume that there would be some challenges with that because you said it's just enough to kind of pay for the website, maybe the marketing, kind of the operations that you guys do. Um, what's been the most challenging maybe for you from a growth perspective? And, and what is that growth perspective? 
Yeah, well, it's definitely challenging. I mean, it means that paid marketing is not a big channel for us. We, we like we are re reaching about um, one sometimes on on if we're doing well, maybe one and a half percent of Amazon's market share, which is actually pretty big numbers. Like um, we have over two million customers um, in the first three years. We've sold about 160 million dollars worth of books it's not bad right but if you look at our actual google like how much we spend on google paid advertising when we sold that 160 million dollars worth of books maybe three hundred fifty thousand dollars total like um so you know a lot of the dtc companies rely heavily on facebook advertising instagram advertising um, and Google ads, and we have to look really careful at the ROAS of any kind of paid campaigns. But on the other side, um, you know, positive part of it is that we kind of figure out a way to compete with Amazon. Like in the beginning, when we were raising money, and I was thinking about whether this would succeed or fail, I remember waking up at three in the morning and being like, oh my God, the minimum number of customers we're going to need to make this work is like 350,000. How am I ever going to get 350,000 customers for this thing? Like it's without any money to market it. It's going to be impossible. Like I couldn't sleep for three hours um, faced with this problem. But then the answer to that problem is, well, you get those 350,000 customers by bringing in small communities. So each bookstore might have 500 customers, 100 customers, 300 customers that are willing to support them when they shop online. And then each affiliate, like a bookstagram or, or a magazine or a website, anybody that becomes an affiliate, they also have customers who or supporters who will come to the platform. So now we've got, you know, over 20,000 active affiliates and we've got 1,700 stores. And each one of them is bringing their community to a bookshop. And because of all those individual communities bringing organic customers in, we don't have to rely so much on paid marketing as other DDC customers, uh, companies do. I love that. So in all this, you know, you're saving local book shops through a collaborative model that as you grow, you fund more local bookshops and local communities and provide something that otherwise wouldn't be there. Certainly a lesson here today on the Release Podcast for what an impact company is. Andy Hunt and all of this. What's your definition of a real leader? I think a real leader is somebody that has a clear vision for the future, um, a clear idea of what they want to accomplish, a long-term perspective, the ability to convince others that it's a good idea and that they should work collaboratively on that. Um, and... I think a real leader has to be motivated by more than, than personal power or personal wealth. A real leader needs to be motivated by the desire to, to leave the world better um, than when they entered it. Um, and I think certainly for Bookshop and for other companies and people that I admire, there's definitely a public service or community oriented aspect to, to what they're trying to accomplish, which is why I love like the socially conscious consumer movement and, and like B labs and the emergence of B Corps in the past decade has been really, really great to see that kind of 
element being added to the way we think about business um, and real leadership. Whereas, you know, in the 80s and maybe in the 90s, it was really much more about like profit and just profit. Um, and now people are more cognizant of the social impact of how they pursue that profit and the social good that can be created by businesses that care about um, human values. Well articulated, Landy, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your perspective as an impact leader in the space. For Andy Hunter, I'm Kevin Edwards asking you to go out there, leave things far better than you found it. And always, folks, keep it real. Thanks, Andy. Thank you, Kevin. Hey, Releaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Releaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.